Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, a weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Matthias. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I are aspiring writers, which means uh, we've forgotten how to hold pencils. Each week we're doing a challenge. One of us sits down and writes for 30 minutes. Our goal is to write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words for that week. Uh, then we come on the podcast and we talk about what we learned in writing it. Uh, then we talk about stories written by our listeners. Exactly. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A, a Doof, Doof Media, Media production. production. This week, we are joined by our wonderful guest, Joey Winart. Hello. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hi, how are you? Uh, thanks for sitting in silence for our two hours of uh, preparation. It was only 15 uh, that, minutes and 51 seconds. It's fine. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so we, we had Joey uh, do, do the right thing with us. Um, I guess we should just introduce you. It's been a long time since I've done a guest that we haven't yes, already introduced. Has. Sorry. <laughs> So I know you from our university's short film club. Actually, we were in the same orienta- orientation group yeah, together. Yeah, we were. Um, which I always forget. But I know that you're... I follow your Twitter. I love seeing all your 3D design? Graphic design? 3D design? Yeah, just the 3D render stuff. Yeah. I love those. And you do other videos and stuff. My favorite was the the Creature Teacher videos. Thanks. Those are great. Actually, Matthias, I don't know if you remember this, <laughs> but and I don't think it was you personally who did it, but you were the one who emailed me and told me I was denied from uh, North Texas Review for my script, like, probably two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> great. Cool. Uh, which, obviously, <laughs> I know it wasn't you, and if it was you, then oh. it's fine. It wasn't a great script anyway, but... Um, if it was a couple of years ago, it probably wasn't me. But no, it, yes. it was. It was like I think it was maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I don't remember, but I just remember being like, "Hey, I know Matthias. He was in my orientation group." And then it was like, "We regret to inform you." And I was like, "Get him next year." <laughs> I don't. I don't think I sent the rejections, yeah. did I? Or I, if I did, it was probably like because someone else didn't for some reason. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Joey, what has your background been in writing? Uh, so I am, I wouldn't even consider myself a writer. Uh, I, I do enjoy writing mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I'm mostly a just screenplay writer. Screenwriter is what they tend to call that them. That writing. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I love writing uh, scripts and, and things. Um, I'm mostly like, I'd consider myself just a performer in general. Because uh, I, mm-hmm. I love theater and acting and comedy and directing and everything in between i really i'm like a swiss army knife but i'm not really good at any of the tools jack of all trades right <laughs> but you have them yeah i i mean sure that every, every all my tools are pretty dull um but yeah i i enjoy writing but i wouldn't really consider myself a writer so i was the the mm-hmm. task of, of writing the story was daunting uh i i think it was fun i i had a, I, re- I had a really good time because once i started doing it which every time like like i do anything every time i start doing it then mm-hmm. the boulder rolls and you know i yeah. really enjoy it and i'm having mm-hmm. a good time yeah um so to, to get into that nice. uh let's talk about what the the words were this week this week's words were earth flax control nature and practice earth flax is a, it's a fun word that doesn't really mean anything so uh yeah we pretty much most people use it as a free space this yeah week. that's fun so um <laughs> Yeah, how was so? So you say you know it got the the ball rolling, which is really encouraging to hear, considering like that's basically like the purpose, right? Yeah. Before I started doing this, I would stare at the paper for like an hour and then be like, actually, I don't want to write. What am I doing? And then <laughs> go home. But uh, yeah, this is one of the, the the ways that I was able to get myself writing is you know set the timer and then you're like, fuck, well, I gotta. So yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how uh, it went down because I. 
before I clicked the timer, I was like, I got to think of like a concept or an idea or something. Because usually when I write, I write in my head for six months and then I blurt it out all into a page for an hour. Right. Uh, which is my, uh, <laughs> my most recent uh, screenplay, which we made into a short a couple months ago. I, it was in my head for like three months and then finally I wrote it all down in like six hours and I wrote like 11 pages and I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of that one uh, that was uh, killer comedy it was uh, and if someone for mm. whatever reason would want to see this where could they find it uh, it is not out yet <laughs> but a trailer came out like three weeks ago I think uh, cool it was directed by Glenn Maxwell I think his Twitter at is ARG Maxwell. He posted the trailer. It's his pinned tweet, so you can see the trailer there. And I, I wrote it. Cool. Uh, and it's a lot. It's a it's a good time. It's a good fun good fun romp. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see that. But uh, with with this story, I kind of paced for like five minutes, and I was like, I want to do something mm-hmm. with ghosts. I think. Uh, okay. And then something like with <laughs> with vaporwave. Like I just ghosts and vaporwave were my two like okay. my head thoughts, uh, which is where I have most of my thoughts. And so, so by vaporwave, did you do you mean more like do you mean like the music, the kind of music that it is, or the like I don't know what to call it. It's a, it's an aesthetic movement, basically. Yeah, it's right? a mm-hmm. like originally I was like I want to do something with ghosts and like maybe in a mall because it's like most vaporwave kind of stuff is like yeah. people wearing pink jackets and sunglasses in a 1990s mall, like yeah, so early 90s though, not late 90s, and so I, um, I wrote a, a thing about vaporwave and how it was another art movement that it's like connected to is basically dadaism which is like it's basically like you just throw kind of not nonsense together but it's stuff that like mm. does not actually belong together at all in any other like they're divided by time and space and they're brought together into a space with like just like the bare aesthetics pulling them together so you'll have like a white marble statue on like a light blue background the only thing that's like working together is the fact that they're similar colors but like the background is like shitty digital yeah like, like a desk desktop background basically and that kind um, of leads into outrun mm. which is a separate i don't even i wouldn't even call it a subgenre because i know the people who do vaporwave and the people who do outrun like get mad when you confuse the two but like mm-hmm. it, it all kind of bleeds into each other, and it's all like internet stuff. Like, don't even get me started on Stone Punk. <laughs> don't even want to know what Stone Punk. Now is. I know about Stone Punk. <laughs> I'm googling these things immediately. Stone Punk is to to sum it up. Stone Punk is cyberpunk, but instead of it being in the future, uh-huh. it's uh, caveman. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is like, so cool. Flintstones. <laughs> it is. It the is the perfect thing. mix of things that should never touch. Oh, the third it. image that, that comes up when I search that is um, the Virgin Steampunk and the Chad Stonepunk. <laughs> so. Honestly, we need to bring Steampunk back. I've been missing my, my gears. I've been missing my goggles. Was it? Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna say no there. I'm going to deny that. Have, it, have you guys done a Steampunk episode? No. Not no, we yet. have not. We should. But we will next week. That's a vibe. <laughs> How did uh, Vaporwave influence your your, your piece here? Uh, it didn't really end up, like, influencing it much. I was just like, okay, I want to do, like, cool 1980s ghost detective. Mm. Um, uh-huh. But it, it really just ended up taking place in the 1980s, and that's it. Like, it was... I, I mean, I listened to a lot of Billy Joel, mm. so, like, I was listening to The Stranger, the, man of class. the album The Stranger, while I wrote this. I mean, kind of inspired by, like, Buffy, mm-hmm. uh, Monster of the Week kind of, like, shows. There's a comic, a webcomic called Mary Death, 
about a little girl and the Grim Reaper, and it's like Calvin and Hobbes, but it's a little girl and the Grim Reaper. Yeah, like just kind of a little mishmash of a couple couple things. It feels like a pilot to me almost. Like it feels like this should be yeah. the first episode of an animated series. Um, yeah, so uh, anything else that we should know before we get into it? I would just reiterate, I'm not a writer, definitely. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a comedian hey, and an actor, hey. so... Everything on our show gets written in thirty-ish minutes. Yeah. So and also we it's, it's a first draft. <laughs> yeah. Also, we have definitely written something drastically worse than anything you could possibly. Oh yeah. Produce. Don't worry. So you have no no problems whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you'll be surprised. <laughs> no, no, no. You're they're definitely in the probably top fifty percent of our, our stories. We have created so. some garbage. Yeah, you're, you're, you're totally all right. The the bottom slot is filled. Do not worry about it. So. <laughs> September 1st, 1989. Dear Diary, Mom still doesn't know. Honestly, at this point, I hope she finds my diary to keep me from having to explain anything to her. Like, I get it. I'm not like the other girls my age. That's not my fault, right? I don't see why seeing the pink and orange book suddenly but calmly floated out of Michelle's hand, the shock on her face subdued as she rolled her eyes unamused. She groaned and snatched the book out of the air. You know... Michelle exclaimed into her seemingly empty bedroom. I thought you were practicing your sneakiness. I am incredibly sneaky. A voice rang out in front of her. As if on cue, a lit candle fell to the ground, spilling melted wax all over the beige carpet. Oh my god. The same breathy voice exclaimed from the vacant space in front of Michelle. I am so sorry. Slowly, a figure blurred into existence. A fat man, with the curliest mustache you've ever seen, floated above the spilled wax. Mickey, I... I will clean this up. His accent stuttered with embarrassment. The floating man tried desperately to pick a towel up off the floor, only for it to phase through his ghostly hands. You've lost TV privileges, mister, Michelle said through a laugh. Mickey, if I don't find out what happens on the next episode of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, I will die he pleaded. There are two things wrong with that statement, Ernest, Michelle said, laughing as she still snatched the towel from the floor. One, you're already dead. No amount of Scooby-Doo withdrawal will kill a ghost. Two, you already know what's going to happen. They solve the mystery just like every week. Besides, my brother tapes them to VHS anyway. Ernest gasped. You don't understand. It's the process. The journey Young Mystery Incorporated has to go through every week solving the case. It's not about the mystery. It never was. Oh, I sense your laughing is a sign that you were kidding about me being grounded from the TV, weren't you? Michelle stared at him, expressionless. For a 150-year-old British inventor, historian, anthropologist, he really isn't good at picking up sarcasm. Is it the anthropologist part that would be good at that, she thought to herself? Michelle let out another laugh. (laughs) Come on, I've got a lot to do today. I'd like the company. Michelle and Ernest travel along the sidewalk in a not-so-yet-crisp early autumn air that is so typical for this time of year. Oh, I love the outside, Ernest yelled, knowing nobody but Michelle could hear him. Nature in its purest form, the lowly suburb of Portlandia. Portland, Ernest, just Portland. Right, right. Ernest sighed, desperate to fill the room with words. He didn't like silence much. So... Are you going to tell your mother that her little Michelle is destined for greatness? 
His words stuck around for longer than intended. Finally, Michelle felt the chill of the autumn air. I don't know, Ernest. Can't she just think I'm a normal kid? Of course not, my girl. Being a seer is incredibly important, Ernest said with pure theatrical fashion. You are the bridge between the realm of the dead and the realm of the living. Only you can control the darkness from both sides. I don't even have my driver's license yet. Michelle and Ernest walked into the old house and firmly plopped themselves onto the couch. The blues and browns of her mother's living room was so unsettling to Michelle. Why can't we just have a normal house? Sadie Miller's living room has a green carpet. That looks nice, she thought, desperate to think of anything else besides telling her mother of her somewhat supernatural sight. Honey, her mom yelled from the kitchen. Are you home? Yes, oh dear mother of mine, Michelle said as though she had seen a monster of some sorts. Oh, Mickey! The shrill voice of her brother Jimmy rang from the top of the stairs. Look what I found! The words echoed throughout Michelle's mind like something that echoes. The little feet slowly came down the steps while Michelle tried to decipher what her brother could have found. Then she realized it. Her diary. I'll kill you, you little dork! Michelle squealed through her teeth, hoping her mother couldn't hear. Oh, whatever is the problem, Mickey, Ernest said. Ernest, I am not ready. I'll tell my mother in good time, but as of right now, Jimmy cannot read what's in my diary. Michelle jumped towards Jimmy. Give it back, twerp! No! Jimmy screamed. You're always keeping secrets and talking to yourself, and I'm sick of it. I know you have secrets in here, and I'm going to read it. Jimmy bolted to the kitchen where Mom was cooking. Mom! Jimmy screamed. Look! Oh, is that the new episode? Darla said. If you're good, we can watch it later. With a puzzled look on his face, Jimmy stared down at what he thought was his sister's diary, only to find a VHS labeled A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, Season 1, Episode 10. From the living room, Michelle watched with excitement. How did... Told you I was sneaky, Ernest said with a smile. It took him a minute to find the words. Michelle, you being a seer is important. Not just to me, but to the world. Both worlds. If you need to wait to tell your mother, I understand. Though she knew she'd phase right through, Michelle did her best to embrace her ghostly friend. Want to watch a pup named Scooby-Doo, she said. Duh. I love this. This is wonderful. Um, I, I don't know why you kept saying that you're not a writer in, in trying to reassure her for that reason. This is a great story. Yeah, I mean, well, thank you honestly, I, I absolutely loved how kind of slice of life this, this really is. How we're just entering into these characters' lives. And we get a great sense at, of every character because, like, you did a fantastic job with the dialogue. Like, I can definitely tell that you are used to writing a lot of screenplays because everything that is said is very purposeful. And it pushes the, the story forward along with giving us a better sense as to what these these characters were. And your reading, of course, just added so many more layers because you put on <laughs> the most fitting voices for every yeah, character. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, initially, like, I wrote the first, like, two paragraphs and I was like, okay, I'm like, I've got like 26 minutes. What if I wrote this in screenplay format? <laughs> and I was like, no, yeah. I can't do that. It's like 1230 in the morning. I probably shouldn't message anybody and ask if that's okay. Um, I mean, you, you totally <laughs> could have. been up. <laughs> 100%. Uh, yeah, no, the, the dialogue here is, is wonderful. You know, you have this, this, this banter going on. The, oh, <laughs> the thing we're focusing on this week, which I uh, forgot to mention at the start of the episode, is uh, setups and mm-hmm. payoffs. The main setup and payoff here is with the uh, a pup named Scoop, Scooby-Doo, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and how that comes back 
Um, so yeah, w- when you started writing this, how did you keep that um, that thread that goal in mind? Which I think the best setup and payoffs uh, come naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, like you see it in episodic TV. Probably it's the most obvious in episodic TV. Uh-huh. Like right off the top of my head, there's an episode of Ben Ten where <laughs> Ben's upset because the freezer's broken in the RV. And he keeps opening it, and it just shoots ice. Like, projectile <laughs> weaponizes the ice. And it shoots ice out. And then the end of the episode, Ben's like, oh, wait a second. And he opens the freezer, and it shoots the alien with ice, and it whatever kills the alien. I don't remember. But, like, so you see it in episodic TV a lot. And that's that's an example of, while I love Ben 10, especially, like, the original series, uh, it's not very natural. And so I feel like, while I'm writing it, I didn't plan on the... I didn't even know what the ending was going to be when I was writing it. I was just writing yeah. to see how far I could go. Because I thought, well, maybe I'll have some kind of, like... I'll have some kind of uh, conflict where the mother gets the diary or something. And then I was like, wait, no. Because, like, the mother would never read the diary. And I thought, maybe a friend comes over and they're trying to hide it from a friend. But I knew the main conflict would be that someone's going to find out that she can see ghosts. But I didn't... It, I wrote the pup named scooby-doo thing because i thought it was funny like you know i'm a big scooby-doo <laughs> right. fan so i just and i knew a pup named scooby-doo started the year before so i just i wrote it um wait 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 wait. sorry do you just brush by that you just knew what the year that scooby-doo started yeah yeah, yeah. um a, well it's it's a I pup named scooby-doo which is the 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 show yeah. a pup named scooby-doo was the last scooby-doo show they did before what's okay. new scooby-doo and mm-hmm. it was like a 15 year gap uh and it was only on like two years i think i think it ended the, the next year yeah because it was um, a critical failure sadly <laughs> yeah it's it was terrible yeah. it was not good great <laughs> okay. theme song though oh yeah not even kidding amazing theme song um but i'm a big scooby-doo fan so i, I threw that joke in there because i thought it was funny and i was like oh it's like you know a 150 year old ghost is a huge Scooby-Doo <laughs> yeah. fan. that's hilarious no i i, I do really love the 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 reasons you gave for Ernest lo- loving that show like it just it it was, it was good. Very humor. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank you. The but yeah, I write that in, and I, I had the line about him being sneaky in there, and then as I'm finishing it, I was like, oh, what if he just took the like switched out the VHS, and so I I went I went back up and added the line, you know, my brother always burns it to VHS, um, just to add that like okay, you know, mm-hmm. they've got the VHSs, just flip it out, and I I think it. I was very lucky, I think, because it just all came very naturally. Well, I think, but, it, like, the, the going back and adding something, it's, it's not really, it's not like this was the one path the story could have gone, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you you noticed you had this this thread that you, you had from before, and you, you pulled it back in where there was an opportunity. Um, and I, I think the, the going back and adding that extra thing is, like, one of the really important things with, with setups and payoffs and, and doing satisfying ones. It's... Like w- without that bit, and you know, in a in a bigger reveal, you might have more things to add in. Um, it j- it wouldn't hit as hard, even if like it works. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. you do need that like reinforcement. Yeah, uh, and that's like I, that's something I notice I do a lot when it comes to uh, especially jokes, mm-hmm. like in scripts. Like there's a there's a bit in uh, killer comedy where uh, a character just like because it's supposed to be a reference to dexter a character walks in with donuts and he brings in donuts and the main character it's it's weird to only the main character because it's 7 p.m and they go who uh-huh. which donut place sells donuts at 7 p.m like no, no donut place does that 
And um, then later on in the script, the two characters are talking, and one character goes, did you know he brought donuts? Like, 7 p.m.? <laughs> like, it was nighttime, and he brought donuts. And the guy went, ooh, that's weird. And I just, like, these little, like, I don't know, just, I like pulling things back in later, because I think it's just, I think... Mostly, it just adds to comedy, yeah. and that's kind of what I look. Yeah, forward I mean, to. also that attention to to like detail just really grounds out any story, right? And it very much so grounds it. Like I know, first and foremost, I love Scooby Doo. It's my favorite franchise of of all time. So when I read <laughs> a pub named Scooby Doo, I loved it. <laughs> and then as it seemed to continuously come up, it just kind of gave this ghost and these people so much more so much more realism to it right because i remember wanting to know what is next on a pub named scooby-doo so yeah it was it was a tool <laughs> that was very well used to kind of make us believe these characters in this situation even more yeah i think a, a, an important distinction there is that the the the, the setup portion is something that works and feels natural in mm-hmm. the first instance even before it's worked back in like it, it it has an excuse for being there which i think is a pretty important reason for why it doesn't feel like constructed like for example in the the ben 10 thing <laughs> you mentioned um having a fridge that shoots out ice is kind of like but why though well, also right? yeah. this is ben um, 10 we're talking about <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough uh, it, part of it, I think, is just making it not so obvious because it has multiple purposes for uh, it being in the story. I know at first when we were talking about this, you said that for you, it felt a lot more like a pilot, right? And I it definitely got that feeling yeah. only because like we are being introduced to all, all of these characters in rapid succession. To where we first have to get all of the pieces on the board for that for that payout to like really work Mm -hmm. so i guess i have two questions right first and foremost where do you see these characters actually going from here and if you were to like take a second look at this piece would you make it like as you said more so of a pilot or would you try and pick a different section of their adventure to explore i thought about it just a tiny bit uh because i was in my own head a lot today at work because we were very busy and so um i i thought like i i would like to explore what it means to be a seer i guess maybe there's some kind of organization there maybe it's just a like a buffy situation where it's like a a girl Mm -hmm. gets picked and then it's um because that was even the only reason i added the whole seer stuff is and i I think it helps fit the story a lot better and like kind of help create a universe but the only reason i did it is because i needed to get to control like i needed to use the word control Mm -hmm. and so i was like okay so she's a seer and that she controls the darkness quote-unquote or whatever like that's kind of this whole like theatrical sort of thing um i don't know it helped fill the world a lot and i like i'd like to go more into that i think Mm, yeah um and i thought i i've seriously been thinking about like rewriting this as a pilot like stretching it to like 11 minutes you like go a for it. animated series yeah. definitely definitely i can totally um, see it it's it, a lot it really of does feel yeah like the pilot of of a comedy specifically like of something that like or, or, or even a sitcom i don't know like <laughs> yeah. it's less like my ghost like, room if this was like a like a <laughs> yeah yeah but if this was like a plot driven like i haven't seen buffy so i really can't compare it to yeah. i really need to one of our one of our other podcasters, uh, it's, it's Scott's favorite mm-hmm. show, um, and he it's very, very, very into it. But um, the point I'm going to is that like this feel like in a more like drama slash action focused like show, right? What would happen is that the worst thing would happen, which would like 
send the plot yeah. moving forward, right? The the crisis would not be averted, right? It would escalate, right? And I think that's why this, to me, like leans further into into comedy in, in a really good way. Is that this that that crisis is averted, but it's done for yeah. the sake of comedy, yeah. Where rather than escalating stakes further, it it also feels like it feels like it's a return to the status quo, which is something that you know sitcom mm-hmm. and stuff do. <laughs> The um, yeah, I definitely I, I admire Buffy a lot because I mean every every episodic TV series in the past twenty five years has been inspired by Buffy, mm-hmm. and it's like Buffy. I, I really admire it for its ability to balance the kind of seriousness, like let's fight vampires and demons thing, and also like okay, but what dress am I going to wear to this dance? <laughs> like, and it's you say that yeah. and it's really silly and and um. It doesn't feel serious, but they always find a way to kind of intertwine everything, and I really like that. And I, I think when I was watching Buffy, because I watched it for the first time this year, I watched it all the way through. Oh, Pretty nice. much, I watched like four seasons in like three weeks once quarantine started. It was crazy. But uh, I would find myself getting annoyed with the uh, slice of life stuff be like okay i don't care about buffy going on a date with this guy i don't care about her getting a job at a burger place but like me writing this this whole thing is slice of life there's little tidbits of lore to a kind of grander universe but this whole thing is just a little small not saving the world just problem at home thing and it was so much fun to write and so i I can admire buffy for doing things like that um, because it's just fun to, you know, she sees ghosts, but she's 16. Like, I, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. This, this definitely feels like this is not, you know, the, uh, well, it might be the opening scene, but it's like early on and, and things are going to comp- progress through beyond here, but also it's like not going to escalate. It's like w- we are not in the first pages before yeah. a big hook, right? Yeah. This is like this is the what the normal is going to feel like is what it is like rather than you know in the next chapter a demon summoned and then she has to you know drop everything to to stop the demon or whatever <laughs> or her identity is taken it's like oh she's going to stop some ghosts here and then the next time maybe she'll meet the organization and then uh, the time after that maybe there'll be another one um nearby it, it's not shaking her normal so much that it's unrecognizably yeah. changed she's not leaving home to go on a quest uh-huh. tomorrow and that's i mean i it's also interesting that like the, your thought is like oh okay she'll go fight a demon or something because even in my head i don't even know what she's gonna like i don't even know what she does yeah. i don't know if she fights demons <laughs> I, or something i think she i i am influenced yeah uh because the one of the other podcasts on the network covers pact which is a web serial about demons and stuff um, which is very good. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. And now there's a sort of sequel out called Pale, which you can start reading immediately. Yeah. It's great. So that's I'm plugging to listeners in, in addition to you. Joey, so. <laughs> no worries. But yeah, I, I honestly don't even know what she does. In my head, when I was writing it, I was like, oh, she just sees ghosts. But I, I don't know how. I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if Zack Snyder was doing it, she'd be like just a diplomat between the ghost world and the human yeah. world. I mean, you were, that's it. She you just, were she setting just up a whole bunch of stuff about like the importance of a seer and how it's important for for both of the worlds. so i don't know in like my reading it yeah. it seemed like there was definitely a direction that it was going and it would be this kind of serious story coupled with the hilarious antics that happen at home there's also yeah. I, th- I threw a line in there just i guess just going into lore a little bit i threw a line in there that says you're the bridge mm-hmm. um 
you can only control the darkness from both sides because i really didn't want it to seem like that like only the bad guys were coming from the ghost world Mm -hmm. you know like there's definitely had just as many if not more bad guys here uh anything else that we want to discuss about your story or anything you want to talk about i didn't look up what episode of scooby-doo it was <laughs> uh, i'm actually just gonna search okay. it up right now because i want to know what episode 10 is it's very, episode 10 it's very of important. a pub named scooby-doo ghost who's coming to dinner <laughs> <laughs> so that's good so it's so it's when that's they good. meet the uh black knight ghost oh but it's a ghost that's crazy all right anyway um that's a yeah that i think <laughs> i wouldn't have been surprised if that was on purpose <laughs> I think that works. Uh, it definitely wasn't, but I'm glad it happened. So. <laughs> All right. Um, if you were to rewrite the story, Joey, what would you change? Um, I would. There would be many more scenes. I think. I think there's a lot of scenes between the them walking outside and them coming mm-hmm. home. I think there's a lot of scenes between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she goes to school. Probably like there's probably like friends at school. Uh, she right. probably has a group of friends who know. Or are will know very soon, you know. Like I like the idea of an organization trying to like recruit yeah. her, being like, "Hey, you need to like come with us, and we need to like work on your abilities." And she's like, "I'm, I have math homework." Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I definitely adding more things to help uh, flesh it mm-hmm. out. Uh, but I'm really happy with how it turned out. Yeah. Just this short a thousand th- words. I mean, honestly, with you only doing it yeah. within 30 cool. minutes and having such like a tight and consistent story, like that's very commendable. Especially since what this is your first time doing it. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah. I was. I think it was like 32 minutes. But, uh, like, whatever. Um, that's fine. So I, I cheated fine. a little. We've um, done worse. What do you think you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we have uh what do you think you you learned writing this piece what did i learn yeah um i just like it's so weird and i'm such a hypocrite because i give the advice to people all the time especially like like i'll be like talking to someone and they'll be like oh i'm not a good writer i'm you know whatever and i was like just start mm-hmm. writing is yeah. in the editing process like once you start writing it just it it happens, you know. It just comes out of you, and so I, yeah. that's what I need to do more. Because once I did this, I was like, "Wow, I'm having a good time." Because like, I work all day, just being like, "Man, I wrote a really good story last night." Like <laughs> I love that. Um, and so I just when you need to write, just write. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like. I, I'm really good with deadlines. I don't get a script done unless it's a, unless I have a deadline. But like, I need to just sit down and force myself to do it because otherwise, I'm not going to do it. And when you force yourself, it comes naturally and it, it, it you know it's it's fun and it comes out nice so just yeah. force yourself to write you know i watched a lecture a pep talk kind of thing i think it was supposed to be a keynote speech but there's no event because uh pandemic mm-hmm. um but uh, brandon sanderson um did one recently anyway but he was kind of he was talking a lot about how life is kind of and, and writing in particular is about finding the ways that gets you to do the work that like, I mean, even Brandon Sanderson, who's like this insane writing machine, right? He, I think Wild Bo writes more than him, but that that's like, like he writes a book a month, right? Basically like 80,000 words a month or whatever. Wow. And forever. He hasn't stopped. So to hear that, like even he, you know, has this difficulty of like finding the ways to write is, I mean, for me it was really reassuring, but it's like, it, yeah, it's 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 about finding the way to to get yourself to start and to to go from there, basically. Yeah, it, just just hearing that 
echoed in what you're talking about, Joey, I think is is uh, is reassuring. And then uh, when you're when you finish it, you you did the right thing. So exactly, <laughs> finally. All right, mm-hmm. now it's time for our listener submitted stories. Uh, well, first and foremost, before we go ahead and slide into it, I want to say we're about to spoil all of the stories that we're about to mention. So if you haven't read them, you should pause it right now, go read them, and then come back That's so you're not right. spoiled by what we're about to say. Uh, so this week we're going to read stories by. Uh, Jar B. Joss, Ghost Pac-Man 4, Captain Rhino, Kausublu V2, and Pratian Princess. All right, and what is the first story that we're reading? Jar B. Joss with uh, Tales of Port Selene 3. So this is the uh, third chapter in, the, in their yes. series, uh, which has to do with um, super-powered crime. Uh, in this, we follow a woman named Ching. Um, we have an interesting structure to, to the story. The, the first third is in the aftermath of some large explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, she's kind of really confused uh, as to what's going on. Then we flash back to a few hours earlier. We see that uh, her power is uh, fire, and she's actually the chef at this very fancy uh, restaurant. And, and we see some, some cool stuff about how that power works. Yeah. We kind of feel like heat flowing into to one location and out from another. Um, and then we cut to uh, a place in the middle where basically after the shift was over and everyone was going home a heist was happening with this woman with uh this kind of the the smoke that could um burrow uh through yeah. the wall um is going on and so what? the accomplice to the the smoke woman is holding a gun at ching and ching um decides to fight back and uh sets off a, a flame that uh bursts all of that smoke and and that connects us back to the first scene and, and the kind of post-explosion place that we yeah. were in. Yeah, so I really, really like this uh, entry. I think one of the best things is that it's just continuing with a lot of the world building that was set up previously. What I really, really liked was how in detail they went about how her power aids her at, at work. And I thought that was a really well-written scene. And also, I, I, I do like how towards the end we actually hop into some some action and it's handled very well, the natural transition between those two sections. Yeah, I think there's also a, a setup and a payoff yeah. here as well, right? We have um, the, the we have the post-explosion scene at the beginning, and um, that that's that sets up the payoff that we have at the end, even though it's not you know in that chronological order. That in the order of the narrative, this is. Yeah, it's a setup and a payoff where now we know why there's an explosion. That's where it came from. So, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoy this. I really like um, the character of, of Ching that we get um, revealed over time. Um, and I think it's a well-executed entry in the yeah. series. All right. So next up is Protein Princess with Perfect. Um, so this story follows this boy, Alex, uh, who is kind of at a at, at, the, at this mage school with uh, this um, head uh, mage uh, mm-hmm. Marissa who had uh, taught them. So Alex is, is very frustrated because um, he has, I think, killed a boy um, <laughs> yes. with with magic. The, the majority of the story is focused on how the magic works, which is basically they, they tap into this um, yeah. sort of alter ego, their persona, which is on from the other side of the veil. In in Alex's case, it's a, it's a girl. Um, I don't think we know her no, name. No, right? it's just called the just, persona. Yeah, his, his persona. And um, so basically on while he was them um 
they hurt one of the other trainees um, and Ben got out of state and now he can't fix it. Um, apparently the mages are so powerful that they can mm-hmm. you know, bring someone back from the, from the dead, I think, is the implication. Um, so he's, the, the, the main thing here is you know, he's, he's really struggling to get back into that state that uh, he was able to tap into this alter ego. And uh, he gets close one time and then he gets away. And it's um, just, mm-hmm. a, just a lot of, of, of frustration and sadness here. But at the very end... I think um, he, he's able to tap into some positive emotions, and that's what summons the persona. And suddenly, he's not Alex. He is the two of them, he and her, at the same time. And it's uh, kind of, it, mm, I mean, very. it really does feel satisfying because, like, we have all this uh, frustration lifted from us into this this victory. And suddenly, she is powerful. She's still, you know, crying, but she's like thanking herself and sort of believing in herself. And it's. Yeah, it's it's this really beautiful moment at the end of the story, and I really really like yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it is exactly what we're talking about this week. There's this beautiful setup that's coupled with this world building that really dives into this really interesting magic system, and then at the very end, we are left in a place that could not be more satisfying. It's the end. It's the goal of them becoming this perfect being, and yeah, it's fantastically written, really great. Yeah, um, I. Yeah, I just really enjoyed this. It this felt very satisfying to, to, to read through. Getting over whatever the difficulty was just feels really nice uh, of just kind of not believing in, in themselves. Yeah. All right. So next up is Kasubalu V2 with Fortress Magic Rings. So this is another in that Magic Rings series with the Magic Book. Yes. Um, <laughs> So in in this one, the, honestly, this is this is starting to be the uh, series that we stop in on every week. Yeah, yeah, this is a new Ace of Swords, uh, Guards of Mill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this this uh, woman Kara, she we in the previous episode she got this magic book, and we're pretty sure it's something related to Earth magic. I'm pretty sure that was hinted before. Um, which, uh, of course, Kara doesn't really know that, but I think we do. So in this scene at the inn, this this woman shows up named Nimian and uh, is playing this game called Fortress. And Kara and Nimian sit down to play it, um, and it feels you know friendly. I get some little undertones that maybe it might eventually go into flirtatiousness. Who knows? So uh, Nimian has this this spell Earth Flax that she's invented, which is great, mm-hmm. of course. Which Honestly, great use of this week's words. Yeah, not the only one to use it that uh, as as a spell. And I, I enjoyed every single one that was. Um, yeah. So uh, Nimi does does the spell, and we see it from Kara's perspective, and we see how Kara is viewing this in a magical sense, but Kara doesn't realize that she's viewing it in a magical sense. Basically, I think what happens in the real world is that these uh, sticks are turned into stone via magic transmutation, but mm-hmm. in Kara's eyes, they just look more earthy. Whatever that means, she just put more earth into the sticks. So Nimian, you know, clearly is recognizing that Kara is, is seeing some magical stuff, and we get the implication that they're going to continue talking, and uh, Kara might awaken to her abilities. Um, and it ends with uh, Kara's sister talking about the Inquisitors in the market who found a book. So it's a nice little um, capstone to this little scene. Yeah, definitely. I see in the uh, comments, the the writer does says that it is very dialogue heavy, which is true. But I think the best thing about it is that every bit of dialogue is just working to fill out these these two characters even more. I mean, I think it's totally okay to have a mostly dialogue story, especially the do the right thing story. I mean, I've written ones where it was just dialogue, and I think those were 
you know, just as valid. So I, I think this actually was pretty well paced. Oh, yeah, very. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this one. I'm always interested in how the story goes. Um, actually, uh, so, you know, the game they're playing is called Fortress, and we, we don't see that much of it, but I was getting increasingly interested in how this game works, even though uh, Castle <laughs> admits that they don't know how the game works because it's, it's made up. But, uh, yeah, it, over time I was getting increasingly I, I really wanted to know. So, Castle uh, if you do go back and uh, and finish off this piece, please like show us the whole game, even if you don't know how the rules are. Just just, just show us who wins and what the strategy is, because I really want to know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I I thought that was really interesting. It's just this little detail in the background of the conversation. It like just it was just a, basically some actions to fill out the dialogue. Is what it, it, I think it was structurally was just really engaging and um especially so if it like is reflective of the conversation or the characters i think that would be really really interesting yeah definitely definitely well thank you um, very much subalu v2 and the next story we are going to be talking about is by captain rhino with earth flax that's right uh so uh here captain rhino um really fixated on the word earth flax and uh i think they did yeah. it in a really in- interesting way right earth flax is originally this uh type of of, of asbestos right um that's made into a certain kind of cloth essentially and so in this we have uh these two um earthbenders essentially right <laughs> pretty uh, earth much. manipulators working together with uh johan is a sort of apprentice to marg mm-hmm. who's a dwarf uh and um they're working to weave earth basically um it, after you know, this initial scene which i thought was was really interesting of it, i mean it, it feels sort of like teaching pottery right except it's mass earth yeah. telekinesis right um they but they go back to the houses and the whole village is made out of these earth flax uh, huts that um, johan just can't get the hang of just yet so the the conversation then continues um and we get some world building in here mark is a dwarf uh johan is from human kingdoms and over there earth mages and earth well earth people who can control the earth aren't um taught really skilled stuff it's it's more like uh they're employed to just do like strip mining and um, not, not nothing with any finesse and uh the human masters uh of of earth telekinesis they, they don't take many very many apprentices so johan is going to the doors over here and we kind of you know get a hint of the relationship and it's 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 pretty positive of um you know johan respects marg and marg is willing to uh teach him if he wants so yeah i, I thought this was a I, I really liked the interactions here and it made me warm to both of the characters and, and want to see them interact in the future yeah very much uh, i think the best part is is honestly about when he is actually molding the earth flax and and how in detail they they really go into exactly like what makes it stronger and and about the frame and like all those other things and i just really love that attention to detail about this magic system um i yeah i really I, I wanted to see more of this magic system. Very much. Uh, the next story is by uh, Ghost Pac-Man 4 uh, with an untitled story. Mm-hmm. So this is, <laughs> this one's interesting. So we have this, this person <laughs> go in, into the forest and they have a, a magic lamp of, of a genie. And um, it, the very beginning of it sort of implies that they're kind of in an action setting they're they're running away from pursuers they're in the forest honestly to hide. it it reminds me so much of like indiana jones yeah yeah definitely uh so they end up in in the middle of the forest the genie comes out this cool setup to the beginning of this right the genie will grant one wish but the only 
you know, rules or stipulations and stuff is just whatever the genie wants, right? And I think it's it's an interesting subversion of those expectations, and I, I really enjoy that. It's like, not only character wants to know the rules, right? Asks about the rules, and then, which is already, you know, a subversion of the the expectation, and then that's subverted with there mm-hmm. being no rules, and it's just the genie doing whatever. So, just what I thought interesting. So, uh, it wants to know all the rules, and then the the person starts their wish, and they just want it, that thing, that thing that they want. <laughs> they want the thing that they want. They don't know what it is, that but thing. they want it. It's not. It's just not there, but they know it should be there, but it's not. So what's really fascinating here, so it goes back and forth, you know, goes through this kind of it, almost philosophical, and it's this, like, deeply like uncomfortable thing where this person feels something is missing all their life and they just can't get it whatever it is right and so we're building up this kind of expectation and kind of feel like either whatever answer the genie gives it's going to be profound right it's either happiness right or it's you know maybe it's actually a romantic partner or maybe you know they just they need to find out who their real self is you know i was i was seeing some you know some some gender reflections there maybe uh so so whatever it is it's gonna be profound right and then Mm. uh the genie does a transformation Uh, smoke uh, appears uh revealing the the genie as a normal person and then the (laughs) genie says i know what you mean a personal life coach and it's just like (laughs) It, it, I mean, it was the built up so ending. much. Yeah, it's yeah. It, no, it's great. I love it so very much. Oh yeah, and I mean the dialogue instantly. Like as I was reading it, I was extrapolating so much like comedy and comedic timing to where I I almost felt like this was like a lost scene from the first draft of the Aladdin movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I, I just love that interaction between him and uh, and the genie, and how kind of manic yeah. this this person is about that thing, and I think it comes across very well on the page, which is really hard to like do. It's really hard to bring those sort of strong things over on page. So I thought that was done really well, and of course the the payoff, right, the subversion at the very end was completely un- uh, completely unexpected for me, but. I wouldn't have ended it any other way. <laughs> yeah, I think something that makes this uh, really work, right, is that there is the slight undercurrent of humor in this, right? Where, yes, and it's very slight. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah the, the person being manic. And, and it's something that, like, you know, you could almost imagine in your own life, right? Like, it's it's something yeah. that's kind of, you, you could see yourself reflected in it. So you really do want a real answer, right? So there's, there's that seriousness, but then you we see glimpses of the genie's reaction and the genie's just like, Oh my God, just chill out, man. Right. Like is <laughs> concerned by how manic this person is getting. And, but it's something that you can ignore if you focus on the seriousness. But then when we get the personal life coach, right, suddenly all that like uncomfortableness of the genie slots right into place. This is a really fantastic story that I would definitely recommend people go and go and read. It's it's a really nice ride. That's right. Okay, that is all these stories we have this week. But we want to personally thank every single person that uh, did the right thing this week. Um, I know some people came back from from a long time ago and they're starting back up again. I think that's really, really cool. So thank you very much to Sarah Penguin. Thank you to Paradox. Thank you, kamikaze tomato uh yeah i know that kamikaze tomato uh, hadn't written in a while so so thanks for for coming yeah. back in it's good to see you thank you to <laughs> no goodbye thank you jarby jazz 
Thank you, Kausubalu V2. Thank you, Captain Rhino. Thank you, Ghost Pac-Man 4. Thank you, One Merry Lilac. Thank you, Vivichuk. Thank you, Asosaur. And also, I would love to give a huge thank you to all the people that left comments. Uh, leaving comments is pretty much half of the battle. Not only does it allow you to assess someone else's work and give them pretty good feedback, but you also get a better understanding on how to analyze text and make your own text better when, when you are writing. So thank you very much to Sarah Penguin. A Ghost Pac-Man 4. Paradox. Kaosublu V2. Protein Princess. Uh, yeah, you guys did a fantastic job. I, I really enjoyed your, your comments, guys. Um, so please keep that up. And of course, when you leave two comments, your uh, chance of getting selected goes up as well. And the other way you can go up is uh, by becoming a Doof patron. Exactly. So if you want to be like all these wonderful writers and want to submit a story that you wrote to this podcast... You can do that by going to slash r slash do the right thing and going to the most recent week's words. That's right. That's where I also uh, keep forgetting to post uh, the threads for the episodes. <laughs> so, um, But it is completely fine. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I went to a protest that day, so I forgot. Um, I was busy. Yeah. So, so you missed it for the right... I missed it for the right... That is the only reason that I should ever... And then I forgot to post the words on time for no, I had no reason. I, I just forgot. Um, so. So you weren't at a protest that day? I, yesterday? No, no, he wasn't. So. I was trying to, to save you. No. You could have said no, yes. No, I'm not going to lie about my part involvement in a very important movement. That's, I'm not going to lie for the clout, <laughs> Jarvis. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so if you want to yeah, let us know what's going on uh, or, or want to tell us how bad we're doing or how great we're doing or just to uh, just say what's up, you can send to us complain. an email at rightthinkcast at gmail.com. Exactly. And if you want to uh, see next week's words as soon as possible, I'm talking a full seven days, y'all, you can go to our Twitter which is at right thing cast. Yo, um, what is Doof? Uh, don't you mean uh, Doof's up, bro? No, I'm Isn't talking that what about... you meant to say? That's what I wrote in the script. Doof's up. I'm talking about the Doof. Oh, now. okay. Wow. Incredible. Uh, so <laughs> this uh, last Friday, the game club had their meeting. With a question mark. Live, live recording. Yeah. Live recording of... Um, so, so Elliot and Ruben uh, broke down and talked about the game Transistor. Uh, I, I only was able to watch a little bit before I, I, I had to record, but I, I really, really enjoyed what I saw. I, of course, really enjoyed when they covered Hollow Knight. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, they did a, a... I'm sure they did a, a, a fantastic job of breaking it down. It's a really enjoyable show because um, they not only, you know, talk about their experiences and the mechanics, but they, you know, show some gameplay and they talk about basically every aspect and how it creates a complete experience. Uh, next month, meeting in a month, we'll be covering FTL, Faster Than Light, mm. which is one of my top five uh, favorite games, probably of all time. Top 10 of all time, for sure. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a really, really great game. So I'm really uh, looking forward to them talking about that. Oh. Otherwise... Um, I also want to plug uh, We Want More because it's been a really long time since I, I plugged that, I think. Um, we Want More is the Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality Analysis podcast. They're, they're going through that, that fan fiction. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I've, I've kind of fallen off all of our wagons on the Doof Network <laughs> for in the past week or two. Well, you've been quite busy doing your own podcast. Yeah, that's very true. But it's it's a really, yeah, it's a really enjoyable thing just hearing the recaps and sort of getting some more analysis and explanations of what's going on in that story. 
So, uh, if you want to support us by, you know, monetarily, the best way to do that <laughs> would be to go to the Doof Media Patreon. Not only will you be helping us and everyone else in the Doof Network create wonderful content for you and and others, but you will also get access to the, to the Doof Media Discord, which is filled with just a whole bunch of great uh, conversations about any topic that you could possibly want to uh, talk about also it's a great way just to talk to us if you have anything to to really say uh and all you need to do is donate a dollar or more per month yeah and i mean seriously consider it guys i i've really enjoyed um joining the community especially with quarantine and it, the ongoing troubles this helped out a lot yeah yeah just to get some some socialization with some pretty positive people um additionally i just want to point out that the next patron goal is an original audio narrative that that we'll all create um that we are only 40 patrons away from that so um that's that's pretty damn close and i'm really really excited for um what we have imagined for that so absolutely some 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 cool stuff going on all right um let's let's uh get into the words So the words for this week are Can I get a drum roll please? <clears throat> Thanks uh, <laughs> The words for next week are Gallery, heat, likely, and persona So uh, a gallery as in like a gallery wall um, where Like somewhere that uh, art is shown um, mm-hmm. Or I think you could also have a shooting gallery So like a, I guess a gallery is like a kind of hallway isn't it well isn't i guess it's just a place where a lot of objects are in <laughs> a place where a lot of objects are in yes <laughs> that is yep um heat as in so that something is hot or uh mm-hmm. heat as in like the like cops going to get you like you have yeah. like heat it's an option or heat um, as in the sexual sense or heat, as in, um, like a isn't that like a race term? I think. I think you're thinking I, of need for speed. Mm, no, uh, likely, no. as in uh, not a very likely story, and uh, persona, as in a kind of personality that you put on yourself, or a personality that you mm-hmm. are showing off that might not be the true you. So, or the um, very popular video game franchise. That's right. So, Jarvis, what story are you doing next week? <laughs> Well, I'm actually not writing next week. Yeah, next week. Okay, real quick. Next week, I'm doing a story. I'm going to try to focus on dialogue. I already committed to that because I already posted the thing. So I, I got to do that. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm going to do. But if you were to write a story next week, which one? What, what would you write? If I were to write a story next week, I would just write the best fan fiction of Persona 5. Of course. Uh, it's a fantastic game. I love running around Japan with all of my Japanese friends. Uh, going to the mall, going to the doctor, and letting her do weird is this a, experiments is this on story? me. Uh, and then also going to the underbelly <laughs> of the city so I can fight all of the bad feelings that everyone is feeling. Uh, but after writing that for so long, I'll probably get pretty bored. Uh, because the sad fact is that the game Persona 5, I get pretty bored because it's the same thing over and, and over again. So, to add a little bit of spice... I'm going to uh, make it to where instead of when I shout Persona, some sort of demon beast comes out. But when I shout Persona, uh, I just keep getting drunker, right? Uh, <laughs> just keep on this getting... This is fascinating. Yeah, just, just keeps on getting there. It sounds uh, like sounds like you're getting drunker right now. I'm, I'm not, actually. Uh, 
Um, Just so yeah, uh, as I as I keep on shouting the word, I'll keep on getting hotter, creating more heat. Uh, And one thing Uh that that I really like to do when I am like damn Skippy smashed, uh, I want to go to a art gallery uh, specifically so I can look at the ugliest photo. Um, and just really stare at it and think, why is why is this this here? And uh, after I go and yeah, after I go to the gallery, uh, I will uh, rob a bank and become a, lo- a likely suspect. Yeah, wow, that's that's the whole story. Wow, I think that's probably in a, your top five most rambly and ending of episode <laughs> stories. I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this, the the story I'm gonna write. Um, so it it takes place at a, at the at a shooting gallery. Uh, there's 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 two guys there. All right, uh, they're they're shooting their their guns, um, but then they start arguing and things start getting heated, right? And uh, uh, the, the the security footage shows the 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 likely story is so they had this heated argument and then um, one guy the first the first guy he starts to say get out of my persona and. He's gonna say personal, but it cuts off before the L, so I can say persona. And uh, the other guy shoots him. Wow, and that's, that's what a great story. <laughs> yeah, get out of my persona. <laughs> so, <laughs> Joey, what yeah. story are you gonna write next week? Avatar fan fiction. Got it. <laughs> okay. So, um... <laughs> so it's a detective, and uh, he's got this this uh, speech impediment. Mm-hmm. Where he uh, he says uh, like at the end of a lot of words, and person just has to be at the end of one of them. So he yeah. he's he's hunting down looking for a person, uh, <laughs> and uh, also who's looking for this person is uh, the heat the cops right, and uh, they're they're hunting down, and the final shootout is at an art gallery. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, it's not likely that they all survive. Excellent, excellent. What a, what another wow. another Bravo. fantastic entry Bravo. To, to this podcast. So uh, Joey, is uh, is there anything that you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I make YouTube videos. You can they're like video essay kind of things. I analyze. Uh, movies and stuff and i make 3d animations uh you can find them either on my twitter which is just at joe wayner uh my uh, wayner is w-e-h-n-e-r-t um you can find me on youtube just joey wayner uh i'm on tiktok which is at joe wayner and you can listen to my podcast keep it short we uh we interview people about film uh we're taking a little break right now because of uh world events yeah but we'll be back like next week so yes well i i, I really hope you, you cool come cool. back on at, at some point um and i yeah it'd be fun i had a lot of fun today yeah and and god we're so bad at outros uh <laughs> <laughs> uh we, we just gotta we gotta find a way to to to, to streamline this um, on keep it short we just have music that fades us out and so that's that's usually what yeah. we we're like okay so we're still we're rambling we're talking yeah. but the music's kind of fading us out and then i just fade it out hmm. um hmm. So it's, uh... hmm. except we yeah. always say and i mean that's that's pretty much how we do, do the right too, thing uh except one of us has that's to say the end, do right the right there. Thing. that's it we did it that's it and then we fade out make it meta <laughs> we're gonna make it meta jarvis that's great. Great. All player. We're going to make it better. That's the end of the podcast. We're done. That's it. What do you say?